Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. The Republicans have got to pick someone to take on Joe Hogsett, and that race is heating up here in the city of Indianapolis. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Brad Kloppenstein of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Rob, Kevin, good morning. Okay, Kevin's here as well. Uh, you didn't want to do your hashtag? Oh, Is hashtag your... why I love Lawrence. There you go. Perfect. Very good. All right. So uh, let's talk about the mayor's race because on the Democrat side, and I, look, I said take on Joe Hogshead, and clearly Robin Shackelford is also running, and she could win. But I say, Brad, at this point, I haven't heard much about her. And if we've reached a point where you're running against a longtime incumbent and I haven't heard much about you and he's got three gajillion dollars and I don't see him spending any of it, you know, he's doing polling. I don't think you're going to be winning. I would tend to agree with okay, that. I didn't want to be presumptuous no, by saying take on Joe Hogsett. Yes, you've assumed correctly. Okay, perfect. So, uh, however, on the Republican side, it's a very interesting race shaping up between Jefferson Shreve, who, again, we have reached out to. They have said they would get back to us. They've not gotten back to us as of yet. I'd love to have him on the show. Uh, he is he has what we like to call infinite money, Brad. He and does. then Abdul that, that has fu money. Yes, he he. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he sold his business. It was some sort of. Uh, storage business yes for well over 500 million dollars yeah 650 i think like is little, the number like i heard last year so we, i think on the air we did the, the estimate and if he has any sort of decent accountant he took home 400 mil out of that yeah. so he has infinite money and we need more rich friends so we've invited him on the show now full disclosure you are some part in some capacity of Abdul's campaign. It, there, it is no secret that Abdul and I have been really good friends yes. for 19 plus years now. You are, you are the one person that was silly enough to embark on that venture. <laughs> no, it, he spoke at my wedding. Yes. Abdul, Abdul is a very good man. And yes, he, he's been a close friend for quite some time. Um and so, yes, so I am an advisor on his campaign. All right. But you are a very fair person. So I think we can have this adult conversation. You give interesting insight because you're there. You kind of know what's going on. I am going to be super intrigued by this, Brad, because you see a Jefferson Shreve ad. It seems like every break there's one on this radio station. I see them all over the television. So he clearly is spending and he, he admit he had. Uh, already spent six hundred thousand. Maybe it's more than that now in the primary. He's everywhere. I cannot open my refrigerator without seeing a Jefferson Shreve ad. Now, explain to us how the the Indy mayor's race is different because you live in Lawrence, but yet you can vote for the Indianapolis mayor. Correct. So, as an excluded city, we have we vote for two mayors, two councils. So, yeah, because we're within Marion County. We're voting on all the Indianapolis stuff. We have there's a city county councilor that represents Lawrence and a couple others that represent parts of Lawrence. Um, so speed, yeah, so speed, we're voting on all this. Speedway's the same way. Correct. Beach Grove the same way. Yep. So it's an it's an odd way, you know, kind of a, a different animal in terms of an election. But on the Republican side, it's a very big area to hit. And so you would think infinite money would really help you, yet it's such a small amount of people who probably actually vote in a mayoral primary. So, correct. So in a primary, you are targeting voters of a specific party who are planning on showing up and voting in that primary. So in this primary election, 
honestly, 5,000 votes probably will be enough to win the Republican primary. Maybe a little bit more than that. We'll say 10,000. Yeah. Still, it's a of the 800, well, for round numbers, the 900,000 people in Marion County, it will probably be 10,000 votes will select who the Republican nominee is. That's an incredibly low amount of people, isn't it? So, Well, and I, I looked it up, and, and obviously Jim Merritt had, he, he did not do real well when he ran for mayor three we years ago. We love you, ago. Jim, but that's that's a very kind assessment from Brad. <laughs> Jim's a friend of mine also. Uh, Jim got 45,000 votes in the general election. The general election. So even in in the general election, I think Hogsett got pushing 100,000 votes, but it's not a huge number of votes that you need. Well, and, and, and here is especially local politics, as Brad is fully aware. I've never lost an election, whether I'm the face running or the candidate. Well, and then, of course, I've won multiple referendums uh, elections as well. And the reason is not because I'm a rocket scientist, but I understand math. And that's what politics is. Whether it's the president of the United States or the mayor of Indianapolis or a municipal election or a referendum or whatever, it's math. And you, if you understand math and trends and history, and you can go back and look at how people have voted, it's very rare that there are markedly more or less people that vote in an election cycle. Now, Correct. the most recent presidential election, because of all the mail-in stuff, was an anomaly. But generally... You can figure out how many votes you're going to need, whether it's a primary or a general election, and you can start doing the math on how you are doing and what you need to get to. Like, I knew when I ran two weeks ahead, I'd already won because I knew how many people were going to vote for me. I knew how many votes I needed. And it was just fun the final two weeks agitating the guy, the incumbent that I was running against who was about to be unemployed. (laughs) But so it really is. If you have good people who can calculate and then hit the targeted people. So that's why I think it's, the question to you is, Abdul clearly does not have as much money no. as Jefferson Shreve does. No. So Jefferson Shreve, when he's buying these commercials, whether they be on these airwaves or on television, he's buying a media market of two and a half million people. Right. But he really only needs to target 10,000 of those people. Now, don't, we're very happy he's advertising, and there are many, yes. many, 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 yes, so many people in don't Indianapolis. Don't take your money away from this station. Take <laughs> it away from all the TV. <laughs> this will be Brad's there. last time filling in on this uh, radio show or this radio station. <laughs> no, no, no. Because obviously, clearly, there are tens of thousands of people in Marion County who listen to this radio station every day, and those are your potential voters, and that's why he's doing it. He's not stupid. He's hired somebody to do it for him. That's why he's advertising on TV. He knows this. But ultimately, why this is interesting, especially if you're a political nerd of some sort, like we are, is it comes down to, can Abdul out-target? Like, he's got to take a sniper rifle and shoot at the specific voters. Can he out-sniper rifle Jefferson Shreve, who's basically not even taking a shotgun? He's taking, like, a bazooka of some sort. Oh, yeah. And just shooting it at everyone. Oh, yeah. This this is the complete nuclear option. He'll... After the primary, he'll come back and see if there's anything left. So now going into this, and I'm taking off my Brad Abdul advisor hat, I would have said Abdul has the name ID. Nobody's ever heard of Jefferson Shreve in a short window like this. Abdul throws some more ads up on WIBC, which is the target market for that. He just reinforces his name ID. People have seen him. Abdul will be just fine. 
it'll be very interesting to see because I've never seen somebody establish name ID for nothing <laughs> like we have with Jefferson Shreve. So I don't know if a million dollars in ad buy can overcome 20 years worth of being on the air and establishing yourself or not. It's going to uh, it's going to it's going to be fascinating. And and I think bottom line, it's going to come down. Look, if I, if I were a voter, here's how I would vote. Who do I think is going to be the best person to take on Joe Hogsett? And look, full disclosure, we've already talked about this. I donated money to Abdul. Abdul and I have been great friends for years, so put that out there. But if I'm an undec- you know, if I'm a person who is I'm seeing the ads on TV and I'm I'm trying to make up my mind as an undecided person, I'm gonna pick the person I think is best to take on Hogshead in the fall. And I gotta say, while I love Abdul and his name ID, if you're an undecided person, hey, this guy's got seven million dollars he's willing to spend. I don't know. That's a pretty compelling argument. Now, see, I'm all, I'm on the other side of that. I, I know Jefferson Shreve as well. He's a very nice man. However, I think Jefferson Shreve is a kind of typical Indiana conservative, yeah. which is different than a Marion County conservative. Yeah, no, you're right. If you're looking for somebody that can reach out and build some coalitions, obviously Abdul's African-American. I think that there, Abdul and just his persona, who he is, who he has been around this town for almost 20 years, that is going to open doors, and he has a better ability to build those coalitions that it's going to take to try to get some of those traditional Democrat voters to switch sides. All right, let's take a break. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. When we come back, we got some great audio related to Trump. we got Cash Patel, friend of the show, was part of Trump's administration, talking about how um, Republicans are really failing to treat Democrats the way Democrats are treating Republicans. We've got Ron Paul. Hey! I love, I've had dinner with Ron Paul. We've got Ron Paul talking about why the deep state is terrified of Trump. we got Mike Huckabee weighing in on Trump. So much Trump stuff when we come back. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Is this Yacht Rock? I don't know why Hammer would do this to us. <laughs> it's the Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Red Kloppenstein in for Casey. All right, uh, so Cash Patel, he was part of the Trump administration, had a variety of different jobs there. A friend of the show, we had him on. I think it was last year we had him on. Um, but anyway, he uh, has been kind of making the media rounds, and he had a really interesting take on how Trump is being treated by Democrat left Soros prosecutors, district attorneys, attorney generals, compared to how the Republicans are essentially doing nothing, attorney generals, district attorneys, when it comes to the Biden administration and the Biden people. And I thought there was an interesting take. He says, hey, you got to start fighting fire with fire and treating them the way they're treating us. Uh, I'll tell you how, and it's not going to be popular, and I'm not going to talk about Soros-funded prosecutors. I'm going to talk about the state attorney generals and the district attorneys who are Republicans in the majority of states and districts across America who aren't impaneling grand juries to investigate anything related to George Soros, anything related to corruption and fraud, anything related to the CCP and ties to BLM or any types of funding that could prove illegal. And I'm not saying it's automatically illegal, but what the Democrats and Soros and company do better than us is in panel grand juries across the districts from East Coast to West Coast, and one or two of them pop with a criminal conviction or charge, and that leads to a conviction, 
and they're winning the media campaign because the mainstream media has monopolized the two-tier system of justice to say, oh, that actually doesn't exist. We're just bringing charges when citizens of your community warrant it. Our Republican DAs and AGs are failing across the board. I've called them out by name. I've called them out in groups and they refuse to act. You know what they say, Benny? In quiet, they say, oh, this too shall pass. That's the losing mentality. I think he makes a great point. And obviously the whole thing is ridiculous because the justice system, the law, the courts are supposed to be totally neutral. Politics has no place there. And yet it's totally hyper infused with politics now. So while it shouldn't be happening, period, you got to stand up for yourself at some point, right? And say, okay, if this is the way the thing works, then this is the way the thing works. Right. If this is the game that we have, or this is the rules of the game, we got to play by these rules now. Uh, can we get George Soros on as a guest? Oh, boy, I'm sure he'd love to come on this program. Maybe even fit right fill in, in co-host oh, one day with boy, you. Boy, that'd be great, Brad. What a <laughs> tremendous idea. We'll get... I'm an idea guy. Well, that's, that's why you've become so successful in life. <laughs> lots of ideas. Very little action on the ideas, but lots of ideas. Uh, Ron Paul, you like him, right? I do like Ron Paul. I, I had Met dinner him. with him twenty years ago. What did you wh- wh- tell? What it was happened? a uh, it was a convention, uh, a libertarian convention. Oh, yeah. Actually, it was here in Indianapolis, and I was at a, ta- a table of eight, one of those round tables yeah. of eight. That remember so, what you ate? Chicken of some ate? sort. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was some sort of rubber chicken. Yeah, absolutely. But, so oh, no, I was at a table. Of, the libertarians to spring for some sort of steak option of some sort. I'm sure that there was some sort of carnivore carnivore <laughs> option as well as some sort of vegan option. Yeah, at the table in the back. Uh huh. Um, uh, but no, he was a very nice man. Yeah. So he um, obviously was a member of Congress for a long time, ran for president multiple times. And I, look, I, I feel safe in saying this, and I think many people will say this. He is one of the people that inspired me to want to get into politics, to want to get, want to get off the sidelines and get engaged in the in the game. And I think that's probably going to be the lasting legacy of Ron Paul. There's a lot of people who are my age, you know, uh, I'm 39, between the ages of, you know, 35 and 55 that he really inspired to, oh, yeah. to get into politics. And uh, he has a, po- a podcast now, a video uh, thing he does each week. And thought he had an interesting take on Trump and the deep state and why the deep state uh, is terrified of Trump. Take a listen. I think they're scared to death uh, of him. And in some ways, I think it's related to how the country, Republicans and Democrats, finally turned against Kennedy. Then at least the deep state turned against Kennedy because he he uh, he his instincts were that he was not for the war, but he was still engulfed in it. He yeah. was in the middle of what what was dumped on him by the Eisenhower administration, both in Cuba and Vietnam. They, they were two hot spots and he uh, you know and then they decided he has to go this is on on Trump they're just I think it's more tariff that they're more terrified than anything else that he's going to Blurt out the truth, you know, and, and actually, you know, uh, t- tell them what's really happening, and that's uh, that's enough uh, to galvanize. And then there's the power struggles. I predict it's going to make him stronger, but I don't know when. <laughs> Maybe not tomorrow, this afternoon, or next week, or even in the election. Who knows? 
The deep state, Rob? <laughs> well, look, here's the deal, Brad. There's definitely a cabal in this country. There's no doubt that there's nameless, faceless bureaucrats who are weaponizing their positions in the government to destroy people they don't like. Now, is that every person in the government? No, but there's no doubt. I mean, look at what Trump's gone through. Look at what the you know Tea Party groups went through before that. These people are out there, and they're getting more and more blatant about it and more and more aggressive about it. Indiana might have an attorney general that would fall into that category. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because uh, I saw Rokita at the uh, the event last night, the Hamilton yeah. County. Did Limited. he come up and say hi? Well, he was right next to me, and I was anticipating him to come up and say hello, and he turned around and went the other way. And uh, that was very disappointing. But Rokita is a great example. Somebody asked me last night, they said, what's your deal with Rokita? I said, I like a lot of Rokita's politics. He has no business being attorney general, though, because he infuses his politics big time into that office and is the chief law enforcement officer of a state or district attorney or whatever politics should not be a part of the equation todd rakita flapping his gums on fox news about that abortion doctor was ridiculous and it got himself potentially in big time trouble and rakita does that all the time he puts his foot in his mouth it's fine to do that as a congressman it's fine to do that as a senator it's fine to do that in almost all the elected offices except if your job is to pursue legal action against people then check your politics at the door. So, I, I've always said, if you know the name of your state attorney general, yeah. there's something wrong. Yeah, they just probably do something very bad. Um, all right, let's, uh, real quick before we go, because Kev pulled this, and I just think it's a good piece of audio. Mike Huckabee, you may remember him. He was the governor of Arkansas. His daughter is now the governor of Arkansas. Boy, that's a very incestuous uh, pa- uh, uh, career path, isn't it? it? Well, it's just because the Chelsea Clinton didn't have an interest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we see, and his dad was a congressman, and his dad, I mean, (laughs) look at Jeff Thompson, who controls Ways and Means. He has the creativity of that camera I'm looking at right now, and he controls, he's the third most powerful person, arguably, in the whole government, because his dad was a famous, you know, state rep, senator, whatever, and he just said, I look like my dad, and I sound like my dad, and I'll just shut up for 20 years. You can climb to the top of anything if your parent was something influential. I, I played golf one time in an outing with Jeff Thompson. I I'm thought he was his dad. So, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, he could literally blend into that wall. That's how bland Jeff Thompson is and how uncreative, but he is the head of ways and means. He controls the money. Point isn't all this. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is governor of Arkansas now, not because she's uber qualified, but because she was Mike Huckabee's daughter and she got a job with Trump because she was Mike Huckabee's daughter who supported Trump when he ran for president. And now because she was a mediocre press secretary, now she's the governor of Arkansas. I mean, that's that's how it works. But he did have an interesting take on Trump and the Trump tweets. And he says people should just get over it. I'm unapologetically a Trump guy. And the reason is, is because I've never had a president in my life. And that goes back to Eisenhower, who did exactly what he said he would do in the campaign and actually exceeded the expectations that I had. And whether it's energy policy, economic policy, foreign policy, really saving NATO and uh, being the first president since Ronald Reagan not to get us in a war, uh, putting money in the pockets of working class people and bringing manufacturing back. Uh, being the champion of religious liberty like no other, being a strong supporter of Israel, issues that really matter to me. Uh, Look, I understand that some of his tweets offend people, but get over it. This is a man who has been able to get things done. And Eric, he's done it against the harshest headwinds that any politician in any public office has ever faced. So, uh, yeah, it's not a big mystery. I'm uh, making it very clear. You know, I'll be supporting Donald Trump. 
It's going to be Trump, isn't it? We're going to be stuck with Trump as the Republican nominee for president. Rob, I'm I'm going to hold firm on a prediction I made prior to 2020 yeah. when we knew the nominees were going to be. I said by the time the election rolls around in 2024, either Trump or Biden will not still be with us. And that was largely because of their age. Yeah. And I am still holding firm that one of those two just will not be here. Now you, now you mean like not here in politics or not, not no longer not, no longer on this earth well, possibly well the show just took a very tar- it, dark turn Brad. it did it did take a dark turn although it you know maybe an accident something somehow they're not able to I love that. Not run. only did Brad make the prediction, he's now plotting their demise. On it, like, like uh, yeah. Uncle, uh, Rob, it's going to be on June seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. in the in the in the hallway I, with the with the monkey wrench or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying that they're 78 and 80 or whatever yeah. they are. I mean, it's just the the numbers are the numbers, and yeah, that so you know any one of them could have any sort of accident or horrible health. Okay, scare. Brad, we get it. You're think one of them is going to kick the bucket we get it all right let's take a break when we come back brad you ever been to uh you probably have been to plenty of spring breaks right uh one or two yeah you ever been to miami no well i've been to miami once but not on spring not break. Spring break. apparently it's getting so bad there they're going to cancel spring break if they're gonna turn this bus around a few bad apples gotta ruin it for everyone we'll talk about it when we come back 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, guys, pay attention because what I'm about to tell you is going to blow you away. Imagine if you could get a 35% bonus when you invest your money. If you invest $100,000 you get a $35,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $70,000 bonus. Learn how you could get a 35% bonus from Bill Demery, your retirement guy. You know by now, Casey and I believe in Bill so much, we became clients too. And not only will you get a 35% bonus, You'll sleep well at night knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for 140 years and has $2.5 trillion in assets. To learn how you can get your 35% bonus, call 317-932-9912. That's Bill Demery at 317-932-9912. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to do this show with Thanks, you. Thanks, Rob. Love being here. You're one of the kindest, most friendly people I've ever met. I say that every time I see you. I've never seen you not happy. You are one of the few people I've ever met who have never seen you not happy. I was. I give all credit to my father when I was young. I went through a phase like a lot of people do, and he pretty much told me, he goes, listen, being happy is a decision. Yeah. Every day, if you wake up and tell yourself, I'm going to be happy today, you will be. You think about your life, though. What do you have you ever had to be unhappy about? You've worked in the booze industry. I've worked in the booze industry. Yeah, I, now you're a chamber director. I, yeah. I mean, 
I'm not I've, say- I've had my struggles. I was unemployed a dozen years or so ago for a stint. And yeah. yeah. You sold radio ads for a while, didn't you? I did sell radio. I was not good at that. <laughs> really? I, you have such a friendly demeanor. I would have thought you would have been a great salesperson. So, some of it was where I was and the people I was working <laughs> with. It was not this building. It was at a, another place up on Fall Creek Road. Ah! But it was a building full of insane people. Now you can guess where Brad was working at. <laughs> uh, so part of you always being happy and chippers, you do all sorts of fun things. I, I, I will say I have chosen certain jobs over others because of the fun factor or the ability to come up with a good story. And you strike me, you were, you were a Purdue guy, weren't you? I am a, I'm a Boilermaker. Yeah, you strike me as a guy who in your college days, no, not just college per se, but the younger version of you was a spring break person. I will say College was the best thing that ever happened to Brad Kloffenstein. Yeah. Because I was kind of a quiet, nerdy guy in high school. And then, and and then, then, then you turned I went into to John college. I'm like, yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so spring break, is that something you did yeah. quite so a bit? So we went down to uh, South Padre Island one year oh, yeah. on spring break, I know. I'm trying to th- I think one year we went to Daytona. I was uh, far too poor to afford spring break. I was always working during spring break. Kev, you strike me as somebody who did some unspeakable things on spring break in your I life. actually never went on a spring break trip. No kidding. What? I mean, I went to uh i went on like one family trip to arizona really? during my spring break and that was the only time i traveled during it so you know casey let her daughter go well i mean her daughter's 21 years old so she i guess she can do what she wants but uh casey allowed permitted didn't object to her daughter going to spring break this year and my kid is never going on spring break like that is nothing good nothing I- productive in terms of your, your your the future of your life yeah, ever I've, has happened on spring break. I've heard of people, like people that I've known, not personally, but people have died on yeah, spring absolutely. break. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Did Alcohol anybody, poisoning did, and Anything other things? bad ever happened to you on any of your spring break ventures? No. Probably made out with a couple of people I shouldn't have made out with. But. <laughs> well, apparently, Brad, it's getting so bad in Miami that the Miami City Council is now taking measures to essentially shut down spring break beginning in 2024. Now, Rob, I cannot believe this. In my mind, the cities where there are bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, yeah. they all go to either Las Vegas Nashville or Miami, <laughs> and for Miami to say, we are getting out of the fun business. Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the town was built on vacationing and having people coming down and having a good time. And so, I mean, yeah, they've already implemented a curfew for 2024. Here's the dealio with Miami. By the way, one of the major things they've done to do this is they have, and they're announcing it a year ahead of time, they're in. in uh, enacting a curfew beginning in 2024 and the quote this is alex fernandez a city commissioner said miami beach is shutting the door on spring break once and for all boy i talk about the welcome committee yeah, that's, that's kind of like the city of indianapolis saying that indy 500 really creates a lot of problems we would like to just see that move away yeah i mean my, my now i guess miami beach is technically a little different than miami per se but you get the idea right I mean, yeah sure there's plenty of places in miami you can go where there is not an actual curfew but in terms of where the spring breakers go which is miami beach 
well, if you can't be out late, that's half the fun is running around being a maniac. It is. So it, which Florida has had, they've moved around. I mean, when I was a kid back in the 80s, Fort Lauderdale was the big kind of party town, and Fort Lauderdale pushed that out. And then I think it went to Daytona, and Daytona said, eh, we're going to push it out. And it's been various different places, and now it's kind of Miami, but they make a lot of money on that. It's hard to turn your back on it. Yeah, so, uh, and it, look, here's the re- the reality of this, though, and I've thought that this, like, even being in downtown Indianapolis, and I've thought this, or, or Broad Ripple, and I've thought this for years, long before the violence was completely out of control. You gotta really know what you're doing when you go out having fun. And by that, I mean, you gotta, you gotta really know how much you can drink, you got to really know who's around you. You got to know where you're at, where you can go, where you can't go. And that's hard enough to do in an area where you know the area. Like, I mean, there was a while in Broad Ripple where this was the middle part of the last decade or early part of the last decade where there was a lot of violent crime. However, the violent crime was largely done in alleyways and dark streets. So you knew if you went to Broad Ripple, stay out of the alleyways, stay out of the dark streets, and you'll large, you've got about a 99.5% chance of being totally fine. But if you don't know that, if you go to an area, spring break, whatever, where you're not familiar with where exactly to go, you can walk yourself into a world of trouble, especially if you're not really taking care of yourself. Right, and that happened. It can happen a number of places, and Miami has its CD area. I mean, heck, almost all of Mexico now, if you're not careful and you venture off the resort, you can get yourself in trouble. So Miami somehow needs to find that balance, and maybe they've just decided that spring breakers who are always tr- looking for dollar beers and end up puking all over your sidewalks and you got to clean that up, maybe they don't want that. Maybe that's what they're trying to say, that we want more of the adult version of the partier spring breakers as opposed to the college age. Um all right, let's switch gears here. Brad, you were very excited to talk about this. So Tulsi Gabbard, you remember her? She I remember. Was, oh, I will remember. Yeah, she was uh, she was a, a U.S. rep from Hawaii, ran for president, Democrat, but very libertarian on a lot, yeah, of, she, a lot I, of things. I, there were a lot of things that I had in common with her politically. So she tweeted this out yesterday, and she said, quote, the U.S. federal government has just begun implementing a centralized digital currency project to bring about a cashless society where every transaction we make is tracked, monitored, and controlled, thus undermining our autonomy and freedom. To protect our freedom, we must all stand together in rejecting this effort to institute a digital cashless society. And I knew you were going to do that because you always carry large quantities. Well, not large. Not large, but, but I, you always have plenty of cash on you at all times. And I knew that because you're a good libertarian. I, I, I've got a little bit more than normal. Um, but yes, I do carry cash, although my wife never carries cash ever yeah and every once in a while i will notice that she has looted my money clip because she needs money for school Mm -hmm. for some project or donation or whatever kevin how much money do you have in your pocket right now uh, I don't actually have any cash on I knew on it. Me. I knew you would not have a single damn dollar on you. Do you usually not have any money on you? I, I don't carry cash or coins. Yeah, nowadays. see that? And I think that is a, a more and more. Because when I read this, I go, oh, my gosh, it's so scary. But then I thought through it logically and thought, okay, well, there's one thing about a centralized digital currency. I don't know. Do we count a credit card? That's not really a centralized it's digital sort currency. Sort of. Is it's it? tra- traceable. I just remember when I was a kid, my grandfather was always like, yeah, you got to have a couple bucks on you. You don't want them to think that you're a vagrant. <laughs> so I, I call this my vagrancy dollar. Uh, I, I So part of the, when I started thinking through it logically, I thought, well, okay, 
I use a credit card more often than not. But I also recognize I kind of know I'm being tracked by using this credit card. Clearly, most people know that because you get what points or whatever they call them where you make money by using your credit card. They encourage you to use your credit card, and they have to track that so they can give you the money. Well, as a retailer, I have to pay 3.5% to the credit you. card company and for the convenience of it. I've accepted that that's the way the world works. However, I don't like it. So if I'm going someplace and I'm only going to spend $10 on something, mm-hmm. here's the whole $10. Do you don't have to give yeah. 50 cents to Visa. And in my new part-time job, which we were just talking about off-air, I have uh, one of the things I had to do is get a liquor license, and there is an opportunity for people to throw dollars uh, your way on top of the purchase that they're yep. making. And I really didn't understand, because I never worked in the service industry before, how much you can actually really help people out by paying cash for your... Um, Certainly, you're tipping, obviously, uh, because of the way that gets reported. <laughs> well, I, and Rob, I am sure that you report 100% of the tips that are given to you. Oh, but no there, doubt. I will there totally are some get- scoff laws out there <laughs> that do not fully uh, embrace the law and try to hide some of those cases. But when you use a credit card, even if you are to, and every business is different, Oftentimes, they will allow the the servers uh, or bartenders or whatever to take cash immediately off of the tip on the credit card, but that is still tracked, and you are still totally 100% taxed on that. There is. No, I've, I've never heard of a place passing on the 3% credit card charge onto the tip to the server, but I, most places now, I think, on the tip money that a server earns, that ends up going on a paycheck, so whatever their pay cycle is. So rarely are people getting servers able to take cash home that night. I don't want the government involved in much of anything, though. And the idea of a digital currency, thats di- I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off on this. I view a credit card as different because I'm making a transaction with a private company to have that credit card, and I can quit it at any time, and I could live off cash if I want to. I mean, I just want free money, basically. And It's not like I'm buying anything nefarious or something that's going to put yes. me on a watch list, so what do I care if somebody sees, you know, this guy went to Walmart and bought groceries. Yeah, I sure did. I just talked about it in front of, you know, 15,000 people just heard me say it. So, what you know, that sort of thing, and I can opt out of it at any time, but the digital currency thing really does bother me. It bothers me, too. I, I, I just like having that hard currency and having something that's non-traceable. Yeah. Even though it's got, you know, stuff that's in there. But, yeah, it's, I, I would rather I would rather keep the hard dollars. Uh, all right. Um, when we come back, Emmy Hildebrand, she's with an awesome group helping veterans throughout central Indiana. They've got a big event coming up, and we're going to talk about how you can be a part of it, how you can support the vets. And Brad... It's coming up next. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. It's Kendall Casey Show at 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. Big event coming up 
to help local veterans and their families. And it is for a very fabulous group. We've talked about them on the show before. Helping Veterans and Families Locally right here in Central Indiana is the name of the organization. Joining us now is the CEO of Helping Veterans and Families, Emmy Hildebrand. Emmy, how are you? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? I'm doing just great. So, first of all, before we talk about this big event uh, that's going to really be a spectacular way to help local veterans and families show your support for veterans, tell us about Helping Veterans and Families, what you guys do and what the mission is. Helping Veterans and Families, HVAF of Indiana, is a local nonprofit, just as you said, dedicated to ending veteran homelessness here in our community. This is a big year for us. We're celebrating 30 years of serving veterans. Um, So we just want to join with our community and, first of all, celebrate 30 years uh, is a big accomplishment for a nonprofit um, and just you know take a moment to recognize the impact we're making in our community. Last year we served over 1,265 veterans um, in all of our programs and distributed almost 70,000 pounds of food and clothes to veterans in need. So the, the need is big um, and we're excited uh, to partner with our community to keep serving. Well, yeah, and you think about it, you say 30 years and people all the time are saying, hey, I love to help. I, I want to you know be a part of the community. I want to help our veterans. It's amazing groups like yours are out there and you guys have been around and you You've been doing this and having great results with helping veterans and families for 30 years. It's very true. Um, and then we have a really fun way for people to get involved and to help. Um, it's coming up on Saturday, June 3rd. We're planning a concert called Music at the Memorial. It'll be on the steps of the War Memorial. Um, and it's a, a really incredible story. We had a, a great uh, young man. His name is Trey Taylor. He's a recording artist in Nashville, Tennessee, um, also a military kid. Uh, he heard about the work that we're doing and wanted to get involved. So he reached out to us, actually, and is donating his time uh, to play a free concert um, to celebrate uh, the work that we're doing and kind of raise awareness about veteran homelessness and how we can all work together to end it. Now, people might have heard free and their ears are popping up. There is a small fee to get in. It's the artists, correct, that are performing for free. There is a, a fee to get in and that fee is going to go to a great cause and helping you guys do the work that you do. So let me clarify, uh, the artists are performing for free, uh, but we are charging, we are charging uh, only $30 for tickets uh, to attend. So um, $30 to help end veteran homelessness is a great deal. Um, it is scheduled for Saturday, June 3rd at 5 p.m. Uh, it will be at the Indiana War Memorial there on the front steps along Michigan Street. Um, we have three artists lined up to perform. Um, again, tickets are just $30. And we're also looking for people who might want to sponsor. We've got a $1,000 Patriot-level sponsor, as well as a special anniversary $3,000 sponsor. Um, and for those who are really generous and want to be a presenting sponsor, uh, we're asking $10,000. So um, everything helps, um, and we're looking for a, forward to a good time um, to you know celebrate 30 years of serving, but also just kind of renew the commitment that we owe to our veterans to help them when they fall on hard times. Amy Hildebrand is our guest. couple minutes left with her. She's with Helping Veterans and Families. So people say hey i want to know where the money's going i want to you know know what do i get how do i know that my money goes to help veterans what do you guys do with the monies whether it is people donating or the concert like this how do people how can they feel good about where their dollars are are being placed um, the first thing I would say is come to HVAF. We're at the corner of Kenton, Pennsylvania, and see firsthand the work that we're doing. But um, all of our uh, funds are used to serve veterans. So we offer housing assistance, employment and legal services, as well as basic needs assistance through food, clothing, and hygiene items. And that's where the money goes. Um, you know, we are fortunate to receive grants from uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs and other organizations, but it doesn't ever meet the full need of the veteran. And that's what we're trying to do at HVAF, and that's what we use this funding 
for. Yeah, and I, I love you guys. And we're actually going to be uh, partnering together a little bit later this year, right? We're going to be doing some stuff to raise money for helping veterans and families. We are. Uh, the Indiana uh, Breeders' Crown Race is coming up in October, and you're going to be our celebrity host oh! to help us. Uh, win an online contest and, and hopefully some funding to support the work that we're doing. So thank you for being willing to do that. And we're looking forward to that as well. Well, you guys are really scraping the bottom of the barrel if I'm your celebrity <laughs> uh, celebrity helper. Uh, Emmy, again, I think this concert's going to be so great. It's an opportunity for people to give. It's an opportunity for people to be a part of a great cause and get some great music in the process. One final time before I let you go, let everybody know about it. It is scheduled for Saturday, June 3rd, 5 p.m. at the War Memorial. There's more information on our website, which is hbaf.org. Uh, but tickets are only $30, and it'll be a great time. Helping Veterans and Families CEO, Emmy Hildebrand, thank you, and uh, thanks for all you guys do for the veterans. They deserve, uh, they deserve everything, and it's awesome that people like you are out there helping them. Well, thanks, Rob. We really appreciate your support, too. All right, that is going to do it for us today. Appreciate each and every one of you being with us. Great job by Kevin on the board. Thanks to Brad for filling in. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.